Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I am so excited to do today's episode because you guys had a say in this episode. So I do a lot of episodes with other people. In fact, lately I've done a lot of episodes with other people, and then I will choose subjects every now and then, and I'll do them myself or I'll do them with Kyle. But, you know, I get the same questions over and over on Instagram and on YouTube, and People will request things in my book that comes out next year. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do a a whole podcast dedicated to questions that you guys ask. So last week, I put a box on my Instagram story and I asked people to submit questions. And of the thousands and thousands, the tens of thousands of questions that I received, there are several that overlap and there always are. So I'm going to go through these questions and hope to give you guys a bunch of inspo, a bunch of answers, just a really fun conversation answering these questions today. Okay, so I'll begin today with a question that I've dealt with actually today. So the question was, and it was asked several times, what is your most challenging obstacle to overcome? A lot of people said, what is the most challenging obstacle to overcome? So I'm going to start with that one because... There are a lot of challenging obstacles to overcome when you want to live your life to the fullest and people will have a lot of different things that they need to change in their life or overcome in their life before they're really able to get on that right path to really start achieving the things that they've wanted for their lives. But one really big thing and one thing that kind of across the board, I feel like I can speak to today is being in a negative state. I actually did a whole podcast on, are you addicted to low energy thoughts? And I talked about how negative thinking, seeing the glass is half empty, this will never happen to me, or I can't do it, or I've got too much going on right now to change my life. Like, what are you even talking about? That type of thinking will keep you stuck in a rut forever. So why I dealt with this today, I had a lot of really exciting things on my plate today, and I was really excited to dive in. And I woke up and I just didn't feel good this morning. And it's rare, but I felt like low energy. And I immediately started kind of beating myself up over it and turning, you know, my blessings into burdens, something that I talk about a lot. And had I stayed in the negative state and let those negative thoughts continue on repeat, I wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast. I wouldn't be doing the other things that I'm doing today that bring me a lot of joy and excitement. And this is an obstacle to overcome because if you continue to allow these thoughts to stick around for too long, or if the negative voice that lives inside of your head is louder than the one that wants more for your life, you will never live fully. So that to me is the most challenging obstacle to overcome. I think across the board. All right. 
another question that happened over and over again and that I get all the time from people on the street, people on Instagram, people on YouTube, people in my life, not in my life, is how many more children we want to have and do I want a girl? Okay, I'm also talking kind of quiet because Shepard is sleeping in the next room. Hashtag mom life. I grew up one of four siblings and Kyle and I, ever since we've been together, have always known that we wanted a big family. If you had asked me two years ago, I would have been like, oh, I want five. Now, as you just start continuing on into life and you have a couple, sometimes your number will decrease just because you you kind of get the reality of what it's like to give attention to two. So I would still love four. Five is definitely too many, I think, for me currently, but I would love to have four. I would be fine with three. And a lot of people ask if we want a girl. And, you know, I really wanted a girl, I thought, with Ford. I think everybody kind of wants their own gender. And then I had boys, and I would honestly be fine having all boys. However, Kyle is dying for a girl. So, yes, I do want a girl and almost more for him than me. But I really do think that having a girl as a woman, it just... It's it's really a special thing. The bond I feel like would be really special, and you know, I mean, you guys know I, I love to dress up and I love all the things that are girly. So I feel like it would be really fun to have a girl. So yeah, there's the answer to that one. Okay, a lot of people ask about a morning routine or like an ideal day. So I'm gonna start out with the ideal day. So several people said like, what does your ideal day look like? And it's funny because there have been days recently where I've gone to the end of the day and I said, Kyle, that is that is my ideal day. That feels, I feel fulfilled in my family, in my health, in my work, in giving to people, employing people, whatever it is. I just felt full in all categories. So an ideal day is for me, it's not like sitting on a beach all day or it's not working all day or it's not it's not all one-sided. It's really when I feel in balance doing the things that I love to do. And you may be like, oh, well, it's nice if you can love your job, but you can look at it in a different way too. So you can look at it as I love to support my family. I love to provide the life that I'm providing to my family. If your job isn't your favorite thing on earth, in the interim, like I feel like that's a way that you can kind of put work into your ideal day. But I think my ideal day includes a morning, like a few hours of working on things I love, my podcast, my book, the things that I create for my website, mostly like the motivational and lifestyle content. I really enjoy doing that. And then I love family time, like hours of family time in the afternoon, like uninterrupted. Kyle and I and the boys just go into a farmer's market or go into the mall or it can be really, really simple stuff. And that is my ideal day. My ideal day actually looks very much like a normal day, but I feel so aligned with my family and what I do on those days that those ordinary days, they really can't be beat. Advice to women in their 20s. Oh, I like this one because I just celebrated another birthday and I think of the things that I've learned in my life, I think of the things that I would have told my younger self, and that's how I'll answer this question. So first and foremost, you do not 
have to have life figured out as soon as you enter adulthood. You simply have to have the next right plan. Do that for a little while. It's going to reveal the things that you like to do, the things that you don't like to do. It's going to present other opportunities. It's going to close the door on other opportunities. Riding the waves instead of trying to have a vice grip on your future will present the most beautiful life to you. If you can have a positive outlook and truly trust that your life will unfold and you don't have to figure out every single nook and cranny of your future, that will serve you in the most amazing ways. And that will pertain to your work, that will pertain to your relationships, that will pertain to your views and your beliefs and so many different things that are really going to matter in your future. And if you don't allow yourself to redefine what you want out of life, what you want out of a partner, what you want out of yourself, then you will end up 10 years down the road in your 30s or in your 40s, looking back and realizing that you missed a huge opportunity to grow into the person that lives a full life. And I want to mention, I've mentioned this on podcasts before, but especially in terms of relationships. You know, when I was in my 20s, and gosh, I wrote a chapter in my book about this because I was so passionate about the things that I learned from the relationships that didn't work out. In your 20s, you sometimes fall into the allure that a relationship will open the door to this bright future. And unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't. And even more unfortunately, a lot of times people end up with the wrong people because instead of choosing to find themselves in the lulls between relationships, they simply find other people and they, that person asks them to marry them and then they end up in the wrong relationship. So my advice to people in their 20s is I want you to be 110% sure before you walk down an aisle to marry someone. I want you to be 110% sure before you even continue into year three or four in a relationship. If you're having feelings like, you know, this person's vision of their future and mine may not align, I tell you what, you better listen to that voice inside your head. Because I look back and and there were times in my 20s where I really had a good head on my shoulders and still I kind of fell into that trap. And I will say, had one of those men, boys, ask me to marry them back then, I probably, without thinking it through, would have said yes, and my life would have looked a lot different. So advice to women in their 20s, there is nothing more important than the relationships that you have around you, especially with the person that you will walk the majority of your life with. Okay. Oh, yeah. Also, like advice to myself in my 20s, it's that being thinner and having a an awesome body does not make you as happy as living your life and going to restaurants with friends and not having to be on a diet 24-7. Go to the dang pool party and wear the swimsuit. Okay. Advice for a new mom. Okay. Women of the 20s to the new mom. I think this is a good transition. Okay. So, A lot of us, when we enter into roles that we have not played before, we look to other people for inspiration for good reason. There are a lot of great mothers that we've had or that we've seen other people have. There are a lot of moms that didn't have great qualities that we can learn from. 
But my advice to a new mom is to really chart your own path. And I think that starts with, if you are fortunate enough to have a spouse in the home that helps out and really wants to take on that parenting role alongside you, if you can really be on the same page before that baby comes out about how you want to raise the baby, and they can be little things that will pertain to the newborn phase of like how you're going to sleep or not sleep, you know, or how you want to discipline the child, like once you get into toddler years, a little bit older, like how you want to raise your child, like in the church maybe that you grew up in or in a different type of way or what type of school you want the child to go to. I feel like that's really a way to chart your own path within your own family and not just take on the ideals of the way that you grew up. And maybe you will, like I took on a lot of the the things that my mom did, but I also charted my own path and figured things out on my own. Also, gosh, The other thing with new moms, and it's so funny because you hear this so many times as a new mother and you just can't hear it, but you can really, really see it on the other side, is that sleepless phase or the breastfeeding struggling phase or the C-section recovery or even the final like four weeks of pregnancy. Those phases are so short. They're so temporary. And I did take that into my newborn phase with Shepard, and I remembered that those phases were really temporary because I'd seen it happen in my own life, so it was a lot easier for me to believe that time around, and it really helped. It really helped for me to put the things into perspective that were driving me crazy to put the sleepless nights and the, like, will I ever make it through this into perspective and able to really enjoy parts of that phase instead of feeling like it would never end and I had to figure it all out and that I had to read like 75 books on how to fix a tiny problem that would be over in six weeks. It really helped me to put those things into perspective the second time around, remembering that it's so short. Ford slept through the night at nine weeks, which was an outlier. And Shepard is actually, no, as I speak, (laughs) he's waking up in the night again. But still, I know like making a few little changes during the day will help him to start sleeping through the night again. And if it lasts a few more weeks, like it's just a matter of weeks or months and we will make it through. And I hear people say all the time that you'll miss those days when you don't have them anymore. So those helped me, helped me as a new mom. And that's my advice to new moms. Okay, I got this question in a lot of different formats, but it was the how to find happiness slash how to find joy, how to find fulfillment. And to keep this simple, because I happened to write a whole book on it (laughs) that'll come out next October, but two really big things are A, don't defer or delay your happiness. So don't think, when I go on vacation or when Saturday gets here or when Christmas gets here or when I'm out of this job or when I meet the right person, then I will find happiness. Transitioning that thought and switching it to, no, I'm going to have happiness on the journey and I'm going to be able to find it in the day-to-day and I'm committed to figuring out the things that I can bring into my life to help me find that. That's number one. Because you can find it in the day to, the day to day, even if you don't have the perfect job and you're not in the perfect relationship, you can live a life full of so much joy. 
And another really easy way is to just look at the things around you in your life that are good instead of looking at the things around you in your life that are bad. And people that are really early on a journey of self-improvement or people like Tony Robbins and all the people that have made a career of this, they say this in a lot of different ways. And you hear it over and over because it's a very real thing. Like I talked about earlier in this podcast, I kind of started out the day with just this this cloud over me. And that rarely happens with, with me, but I was able to practice what I preach and look at the positive things in my life. And that brings a heck of a lot of happiness into your day-to-day. And for long-term happiness, so those are a couple of the things I think just for short-term happiness, long-term happiness, you must surround yourself with people that you want to be like. You must surround yourself with people that lift you up and give you energy versus people that suck the life right out of you. And a lot of people don't assess their relationships. They just assume these are the people in my life and I've got to deal with them and I've got to kind of hold my breath when I'm in their presence. And you just don't have to. Surround yourself with people that bring joy out in you because that's also another way, especially when you feel a little bit down to bring happiness and joy into your life when you feel like it's a little bit out of your control. And another piece of the puzzle for long-term happiness is to reach for more. A lot of people think, well, if nothing is going wrong in my life, if things are not bad, then that is the qualifier for happiness. And it's not. That's the qualifier for cruise control, for neutral. That's the qualifier for just letting life happen to you and not choosing an elevated version of your life. So thinking to yourself, happiness is not just the absence of bad things happening to me. Happiness is a bunch of good stuff happening to me. So changing your perspective in terms of that is going to really help you achieve long-term happiness and fulfillment as well. Okay, this question I've gotten for years and years and I've answered it on YouTube before, but maybe never on a podcast. How did you get started on YouTube slash blogging slash whatever you want to call this? So about four years ago or so, I looked at my life. Gosh, I don't know. I miscount. Maybe it's four. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's less. It's somewhere around four. I looked at my life and I said, okay, I've done a bunch of random things. I've done Miss America. I've done The Amazing Race a few times. I was entering in a new phase of my life where I was really seeking something that was going to fulfill me, not just something that was going to make people around me think that I was achieving more and more. And I said, I've got a lot of different things that I like to do. How can I bring all of these things into a career, something that can support my lifestyle and make me money and eventually support a family? And I looked around and a lot of people were doing blogs. Now, I'd done a blog when I was Miss Kentucky in 2009, and it was so successful. I had so many people reading and following along with that blog. So I said, I've done this before, and I was successful at it. I know all I've got to do is kind of get some text in there and put some pictures. And I kind of looked around me at what other people were doing, and I was like, okay, I can do this too. So I started a blog actually on the same website that I had back then. Whenever I did Miss America and Miss Kentucky, I just had one of my friends kind of throw a template on there and make it into a really easy, user-friendly version of a blog. And I just began. I think it was like $49, this template that I used. And I just jumped in. So I started doing blog posts 
And I feel like I really started with beauty and fashion. That was kind of the easiest thing to showcase. It was something that I had experience in. I had done makeup for a long time. I was very knowledgeable and interested in makeup. And I started doing that. I shortly after signed up for an affiliate program called Reward Style. Because when you're just starting out, say you've got less than 10,000 followers on Instagram, you don't really have many people reading your blog or watching your YouTube channel. You've got to find a way if you really want to make money at it. You've got to find ways to make money at it that don't rely on brand deals because a lot of brands aren't going to work with you when you're super small. So that's where these affiliate type programs where you can make money off of commission and different stuff come in. And I was like, oh, I'm already linking Nordstrom. I can make money if people shop through my links. Okay, I'll try that. So that's kind of how I got started. And then about two months later, I started a YouTube channel. Actually, this is probably five years ago because Alex and Michael are two of our friends that have a YouTube channel. And she had a very successful YouTube channel. We had like just become friends and she kind of helped me to get my YouTube channel started. And Michael edited my first video for me because we didn't even know how to edit. And then Kyle kind of, or actually, no, I was doing my own editing at first. It used to take me like eight hours to edit a video. And I just used iMovie because it was on my computer already. And I started putting up these makeup YouTube videos. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, you need to ride the waves. You don't have to have everything figured out. So the same with starting this career. I didn't have it all figured out when I began, and I really started squarely in the YouTube and blog world doing a lot of style and beauty content. And as I saw what people responded to and the content that I liked to put out and the things that I was already doing in my everyday life, I evolved that. And then, of course, as we got married and we bought a home and we had children, that continued to evolve. And now I have a top-rated podcast. I've got a book coming out next year. I have a merchandise line. I have, of course, all the old stuff like the socials and the blog and the YouTube channel. But I have a lot of other really awesome things too that evolved as I I got bigger. And now there's revenue that comes in from everything from the the same things that I started out with, affiliate links and, and things like that. But also working with really large scale brands and doing brand deals, doing partnerships with amazing companies and writing books and (laughs) creating a lifestyle brand. But had I thought five years ago that I had to have a certain kind of camera and a certain kind of backdrop and a lot of skills and two employees and needed to be making money right out the gate, I would have stood right in my own way and not even began this begun, whatever the right word is, this venture that now supports my whole family and employs my husband and others. So it's a really, um, it's a really kind of long story that went through a lot of different turns, but I really took the chance in the beginning. And I'm so glad that I did because I would not be sitting here talking to you. And it's truly my passion. You know, when you get in the middle of the thing that you know you're meant to do, there's just a feeling that you have where you know. And I do have a message that I like to make sure I put out there when I'm talking about this. It is not too late to begin this. You can never start too small. Actually, Kyle does these uh, little classes and things with people that want to get started. There are so many different resources. You can even like YouTube, how to start a YouTube channel. You can Google how to start a blog. You can, <laughs> the information is is out there and you can really jump in the waters without knowing 
exactly how you're going to do it. And also you can be successful in different ways. Of course, it's nice to turn it into a business that supports your family and that is very lucrative and that you're making money at, but it's also very fulfilling to do things that you love to do that make the people around you happy and that make you happy. So that's a long way to answer how I got started in this space, but a lot of people ask that question. Okay, and now I'm going to go to the actual YouTube box and I'm going to do some rapid fire questions. Those were several that were asked over and over, so I'd written those down, but I'm just going to go and rapid fire off of some of these questions that you guys ask. Okay, what is the biggest hurdle you have overcome in life? Two things I have overcome in life. One being my, about six or seven years ago, I decided to stop drinking. And that was a big hurdle for me because I was using it to numb a lot of what was not going right in my life. So that was a hurdle to overcome. And the second one, and it's one that every once in a while I'll fall into, I'll notice myself just doing something that reminds me of the way that I used to be, was caring what other people thought of the things that I was doing, mostly in like terms of achievement, like is the, is what she's doing bigger than the last thing that she did? And like, you know, just things like that. I, I really thought that other people cared so much about me doing these like super big things that I sacrificed my own happiness in pursuit of all of these things. And that ran me into the ground and it led me down the wrong path in the total opposite direction. And that was a huge hurdle that I had to overcome, realizing that I had to do things in my life that were for me not to impress other people because A, they didn't even care in the first place and B, I did not feel happy or fulfilled while I was doing any of those things. So those were two big hurdles for me to overcome. Okay, how did you get involved with pageants? I was not a pageant girl. We were literally in our car. Well, let me start by saying I have been a singer my entire life. I started singing when I was younger. And the Miss America pageant is 35% of your score is talent. So, okay, so that being said, like I had some form of something that you would need to do well in this system. And we were in the car and my dad was like, I think you should be Miss America. And I was like, huh, okay, (laughs) let me try this out. So it kind of started in a funny way like that. And then, gosh, I was probably 21 when I started doing the Miss America system. Took me three years to win Miss Kentucky. And then I was a runner-up in Miss America in 2010. And that is how I got started. (laughs) Must have registry items. Sheets, towels, and like, I don't know, what dishes. Dishes, yes. Not like a meat thermometer. You don't need a meat thermometer. (laughs) And this is going to be a hard one for me to say, but you might not even need like a KitchenAid mixer because it takes up a lot of space and you ain't going to be baking every day, Martha Stewart. (laughs) Okay. If I had to add two things in a second tier, I really like, and they go on sale all the time, the all clad slow cookers. And I like a 7.5 La Crusade in a neutral color. Okay. What are the two things you like to make a habit every day? Ooh, this is good. That you currently aren't doing. (sighs) Waking up before my children. It's so hard when they're not sleeping and when they wake up at the crack of dawn, but I know that would make me a different person. 
just getting more than four hours of sleep a night would probably make me a different person too. So that's one that I battle and moving my body or exercising every day. That is something that I'm so inconsistent with and it truly changes my life when I do it. Okay. How did you pick the boys' names? Did you have a girl name as a backup in case? Okay. Ford's name came to me in the final hours. Thank the Lord, because the name that I was going to name Ford just would not have flown. Okay. I'll reveal that at some point in time when I'm done having all of my children, the name that we almost named Ford. But it was a few days before I was supposed to have him. And I was in one of my favorite stores in Nashville, H. Audrey. And I was like, do you think I can name him blank? Like the name wasn't blank, but I said the name to one of my friends. And she was like, I don't know. And I needed someone to tell me that because I was already feeling really wishy-washy about it. And I thank the Lord every day that she was the person that pushed me over the edge. And then just like that, Ford's name came to me. And we ended up naming him Ford. And White is his middle name, which was my grandpa's dad's name that he lost when he was 13. It's my godfather's middle name and my cousin that I was best friends with growing up. It's his middle name too. Uh, And then Shepard. So it was probably a week before, maybe two weeks before I was getting ready to go into the hospital and have my C-section with Shepard. And I can still remember like when Shepard came to me, I said, Kyle, do you like the name Shepard? And he was, it was the first time that he was like, I love it. So my parents had come to my house that day and I said, we're thinking about the name Shepard. Do you like the name Shepard? Like there was a news reporter named Shepard Smith and then a guy on Southern Charm. Those were the only people that I knew with the name of Shepard in the entire world. And my mom and dad were like, Shepard, like the, like the, Bible shepherd? (laughs) I was like, yeah, like a shepherd. And apparently they got in the car after they left my house and they were like, oh my gosh, what if she uses that name? She can't name him shepherd. And now they say it's like their favorite name in all the world. It's just so funny. Sometimes people and their opinions of names can really sway you and you don't pick the name that you love. So I'm really thankful that they didn't say that to me because I may have been swayed and I adore his name. And yes, both pregnancies, because I don't find out what I'm having until the baby comes out. So both pregnancies, we had a girl name picked, and it's still a girl name that we have picked. We have actually two girl names picked, and I'm not settled on the middle names, but we're pretty dead set on the first names. And no one has ever guessed the first name. Every once in a while, I'll be like, can you guess our girl names? Especially one of them. No one has ever guessed it. So, okay, that's the answer to that question. Okay. Everyone's like, are you pregnant yet? Like, no, I'll tell you. (laughs) How do you always stay so positive? It is the little things, the little choices every day. It's not a big overhaul of your life. It's a commitment to knowing the things that you constantly need to work at to achieve that every single day. Okay. When did you get your start working with brands? That's a great question. So I remember the first like large scale brand deal that I did was when I had less than 10,000 followers on YouTube, subscribers on YouTube. It was with, well, I got some deals before I did Chevrolet, but I'm talking like the first big one was with Chevy with the CMA Fest. But I very quickly went from doing those small scale, you know, you know, I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't want people to like disqualify themselves if their deals look a little bit different. But doing those types of deals to doing 
really, really, really big deals in the span of like four years. So if you keep at this and if you really find your niche, those brands will be knocking at your door. And I turn down about 75% of the deals that come my way at this point in time, because either it's a brand that I don't feel I use enough to bring to my followers or because I have too many. What are your plans for Thanksgiving and Christmas during the pandemic? So we are going to Vail for Thanksgiving, and I'm so excited. We have rented out a place that will just be my family, so we don't feel like we're going to be you know, around a lot of people. And hopefully we'll be able to ski and stuff, which I feel is a really safe activity because it's outdoors. And yeah. I'm so excited. Christmas, we always do the same thing for Christmas. So we always go a few days early to Kentucky. We spend Christmas Eve like I always have with my family in Kentucky. And then on Christmas morning, we spend Christmas Day with Kyle's family who live about 20 minutes outside of Nashville. And then because we're close to home, then we come home and kind of have our own little family night and chill next day with just our little family. Okay. Oh, actually, a lot of people ask this. Was it more difficult going from zero to one or one to two kids? Hmm. Probably zero to one. It wasn't super difficult, I, I felt like, but even one to two, it wasn't that hard. It was when the second got really mobile <laughs> that it got a little harder. A lot of questions about manifesting and vision boards and how long I've been doing that. So this is also something that I talk about in the book. I've been doing this since I was a child. And there are times that not necessarily putting it on a vision board, but visualizing things that I wanted very specifically, like there, there are these stories in, in my book about it. So actually like putting it down on vision boards and stuff like that, I would always do boards like in college and stuff of pictures that I liked, like that I liked to look at almost like a mood board which I feel like is my early version of vision boards. And then for the last several years, I've been doing very specific vision boards. But I feel like I was manifesting and doing a version of visualizing something that I wanted in my life and and trying to bring it into my life ever since I was like a child, child, like seven. So you got to read the book to see some of those stories. (laughs) Okay, some questions about Kyle's business. So Kyle owned a parking business for a while. He worked really hard to to build this business and had he had a lot of the valet parking spots in Nashville. He did this all on his own. He didn't really even have any mentors or anything and he built a great business for himself and then he started as he started working with me, he loved editing the videos and you know, doing those types of things. So he started getting rid of accounts and as accounts would close, he just wouldn't seek new ones. And then he decided himself kind of to to work full-time with me and we've never looked back. It's allowed us to A, grow this business and it's allowed us to travel with our family and for both of us to be home with our children and a lot of different things. So I, I probably need to do like a full podcast on kind of that leap that he took and that we took as a family because it's really an interesting story. Okay, this is another question on marriage. How do you stay so fun and lighthearted in your marriage? A, like I talked about earlier, you got to choose the right partner. And B, we deal with the heavy things or the things that need to be 
discussed or communicated about. We don't just brush things under the rug because I feel like it's easier to be lighthearted and to have that joy and that happiness when there aren't all of these underlying things that you need to work through or talk about or resentments or things that keep coming up that you're just brushing under the rug. So I'm glad that somebody asked that question. How did you and Kyle meet? We met at a coffee shop randomly on like a Tuesday morning. (laughs) I'm going to answer five more. Who would be your dream interview? I would really, really, really love to have Oprah or Tony Robbins. They've been two people that consistently, I've loved the message that they've put out. And I really think that they embody living fully, which is the message that I champion in my own life. Okay. How and when did you decide to leave Ford overnight for the first time? Hmm. It was a long time. It was, I think it was the baby moon with Shepard. So I got pregnant with Shepard when Ford was nine months old. And I think that that was it. And I left him with my parents. And it was much easier with Shepard because I met with publishers in New York City in December after Shepard was born in September. So it was sooner with Shepard. It was still hard. I only stayed gone for like two days. And also because I was shipping back like gallons and gallons of milk that I was pumping in a sprinter van outside of the publisher's offices, like literally. (laughs) This is something I need to talk about on my press tour next year, whatever this book actually gets into people's hands. This journey, being a new mom and putting out a project like this. But yeah, it it was a lot longer with Ford. So Ford was probably almost one before we left him, but I think it's fine. You know, if you have someone that you trust, because moms and dads need a break too. The hardest adjustment becoming a parent. So I'm hard on myself in some different lights, not thinking that I do things correctly or perfectly. And it's one thing when you're looking at yourself and you're saying, oh, I didn't do that right. But with parenting, it's a big adjustment to be looking at another person that it's also impacting and being able to let things go and forgive yourself. Okay. I don't know how many, how many that, that was two, three. Okay. Do I still watch the amazing race? Do I keep in touch with old amazing race teams and would I ever do it again? Okay. I'll watch it every now and then. It's almost, it almost like gives me not anxiety, but I'm like, gah, you like want to go back into your seasons and do things differently. Would I do it again? Gosh, I don't know if my body would hold up. It is so unbelievably strenuous and taxing on your body. You run like 10 to 13 miles, some of these legs, and you don't sleep the whole time. And it's, it is totally insane. And some of these physical challenges are really, really hard. And do I still keep in touch with the teams? Absolutely. We made lifelong friends during the amazing race and I still keep in touch with Caroline Hobby all the time. Flight time, my really good friend that's a Harlem Globetrotter. Luke Adams, he's one of my great friends that I keep in touch with. I mean, the list goes on and on. There are so, so many that we're still really good friends with today. Jen and Keisha, Zev and Justin, literally so many. I just keep like thinking of more and more that I keep in touch with. But yeah, you really do. You form lifelong friendships. And I think now looking back on it, It's A, because you experience this really amazing, intense experience with this group of people and you're together for, you know, however many days you're together and it's, you're just locked in and having this very similar 
once in a lifetime experience. But it's also, I think, because you're totally disconnected from the outside world and you don't have a cell phone or any way to communicate with anyone else. And that's why I think that it's so powerful when we decide to put our phones down in relationship with our spouses or with our children or at holidays or, you know, any other time where you really want to connect with people. Because when you take that out of the equation, the relationships are just so much deeper and the bond is stronger and the memories are bigger. So I think that that's part of the reason that we do have those, those really strong relationships that last even through today. Updated WW program. Gosh, I can't say enough about WW and my love affair with it for years and years. And I'm on my WW right now and I'm on the green plan. And a lot of people coming into holiday probably think, oh, I can't start it right now. I've got to get through holiday. But Weight Watchers is the lifestyle program that you can literally start in the middle of the week or on a holiday because it's that, I don't want to say easy, but livable. It's just totally amazing and a way that you can achieve your weight loss goals and your wellness goals and still live your life and be happy. Okay. Okay. I could literally sit here and answer questions all the live long day. And thank you so much to everyone who submitted questions. And I'm sorry if I didn't get to a question that you asked. If you guys can let me know if you like this forum, maybe I can do these more often. And I just so appreciate you guys listening to every week's podcasts and all the different forums and the ones with just me and with other people. It's one of my favorite things that I do and it's something that really keeps me going. So thank you guys so much. Tune in next Monday for another episode. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.